The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, The dominion of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again at about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and of the scorching heat? But he replied to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Do you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Siblings in Christ, grace, peace, and mercy to you from God, our Creator, our Sustainer, and our Redeemer. Amen. Until, say, seven months ago, I always read this story from Exodus with not a small amount of disdain for the Israelites' behavior. The Israelites throughout, well, most of their journey through the wilderness just seem needy and immature and selfish and closed-minded. I mean, it's only been a month since they were delivered out of slavery in Egypt. You'd think they'd at least have that in the back of their minds. And it didn't just start with today's passage. Just a few days before, desperate for water to quench their thirst in the desert, they finally find water in a place called Morah. But it's bitter to the taste, undrinkable, and so they complain. And God hears Moses pleading on their behalf and shows him a tree or a log, depending on the translation, and he throws it into the water. And the water becomes drinkable, sweet even. And now, now just a few days later, they're starving. And so they complain, or grumble, or groan. And I used to think this was ridiculous. Until today. Six months into a global pandemic that has uprooted nearly every aspect of life as we know it. 
and weeks into another season of unimaginable destruction throughout the West Coast with record-breaking fires. While many in the southern parts of our country brace for yet another hurricane-strength storm, and too many communities to count continue to experience state-sanctioned violence against protesters, and black and brown bodies continue to be threatened and killed by police. And hospitals and other essential businesses continue to be overrun, their resources, including their staff, exhausted to the point of breaking. And now, the news of the heart-rendering death of the notorious Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think I'll stop there. What I am coming to realize is that we are in the wilderness. Perhaps like you, I am exhausted. I struggle to accomplish some of the most simple tasks. I'm uncertain of the future of this journey that we're on, and I'm afraid and heartbroken and worn thin about what the future might hold, where this journey will lead all of us. And so, I think I have a new appreciation for the complaining Israelites. Their lives, yes, while under oppression and slavery, were completely uprooted as well. Even while they were slaves, they still had food. They had a place to lay their heads. They knew probably more or less what each day might bring. And now for them, their liberation has also brought uncertainty of what they might eat each morning and night, of other threats that might lie ahead to their livelihood as they, that they encounter in the desert wilderness, even where their journey itself might lead them. And so I see their grumbling I see they're complaining, they're unease, not as greed or selfish, but as, well, real. Because it seems like calling out, crying out is all that they know to do. And I think of another biblical genre, the lament. And so perhaps, yes, maybe they're complaining, their cries, their lament is in fact justified. And I will admit, like these Israelites, and perhaps even like you, I lament much of our current times as well as the past, the way life used to be. I lament today's exhaustion and brokenness and uncertainty and fear that is all too real for me and countless others around this globe. But I also don't want to return to those days. Yes, I do want to be able to gather together with you in person to worship. I want our voices to join together in beautiful song. I want to travel safely and comfortably to see family and friends, or simply walk outside or go anywhere, really, without wearing a face covering. But I also want black and brown lives and bodies to matter without us having to remind one another I want our planet to heal and thrive for all creatures. I want a country that honors the fullness of the humanity of all of its citizens and neighbors and guests. 
I want to trust that my elected officials will faithfully govern so that all people might have access to the basic necessities of life and preserve our planet and natural resources. And so here in this wilderness, I grumble, I complain, I lament. But thankfully, the story of our ancestors, the Israelites, does not end with their cries. God hears them. God hears their cries, their complaining, and their lament, and God responds. When the Israelites cry out for deliverance, God liberates them. When they cry out for protection from Pharaoh and his army, God made a way literally through the waters of the Red Sea. And when they cry out for food, God provides. Now much scholarship and conjecture has been offered about what exactly that manna that appeared in the morning do, and where exactly those quails that appeared at night were going to or coming from. But as Terence Fretheim, a retired Hebrew professor, Hebrew Bible professor from Luther Seminary, observes, this manna and these quail were not extraordinary means. This was not a miraculous parting of a sea or a celestial sign like a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire to mark God's presence. But simple, ordinary, natural means. Professor Fretheim writes, it is precisely the natural that is seen as a gift from God. God gifts Israel, God's gifts to Israel are to be found not only in the unusual, but also in the everyday. God hears the cries of God's people and God responds, sometimes, oftentimes in the simplest of ways. We may not, we likely will not experience earth-shattering change instantaneously that would probably bring about just as much trauma. But our God hears us. And God provides, yes, even in the midst of the ordinary. Like water. When you're woven into the salvation story of our God at baptism, through plain old water poured over us, or that fully envelops us when we are dunked in that font, and through just a few words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the reminder that, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. We, you and I, all of us simple, ordinary, and beautiful human beings are a gift. We are called, knit into God's saving work into this world. You and I, simple as we might be, were made to be God's gift, God's response to the needs of our fellow creatures in this world. In our own actions, in our own words, we, we are a sign of God's never-ending love, not only for one another, but for this whole broken-down, dying, lamenting world. And when exhaustion or physical or mental illness or the forces of oppression hold one or a number of us down, we have another gift, this community, this beautiful, simple body of Christ to lament, 
to protest, to vote and help others to vote, to wear a face covering, to simply be a sign of God's grace, of strength, of hope, of God's love in this world. That as we make our way together through the wilderness, in the midst of all that we cannot quite bear, God hears our cries, and God responds in ways both big and small. And this news, friends, simple as it seems, is food for my journey. And I pray that in the midst of these most uncertain times and whatever might lie ahead, that this good news feeds and sustains you along your journey as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, amen.